All right, all you future podcasters out there, let me tell you about something you need to be aware of. I've been looking for different platforms to put my podcast into, and it's kind of confusing. There's a lot out there, a lot of them that charge you, but I found something that you need to hear. There's a platform called Anchor. Now, you need to understand, this one is free. There's no monthly fees, no yearly fees, no fees of any sort, no sign-up fees. It is free. Now, the best thing about it is that it's free and it comes with so many different tools. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, then one of the other neatest things is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. All you do is upload your podcast. Anchor handles all the rest. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. First podcast you put up, you can start making money. Now, it's everything you need to have in one place to make a podcast. So, pay attention to this part. It's very important. Go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M or download the free Anchor app to get started. Well, good morning. Uh, it's our third week of trying these uh, lessons remotely. Um, our nation continues to be under uh, this struggle. I hope you're continuing to pray for all of the healthcare workers that are out there. I posted this morning a cute little cartoon that I found, um, Batman and Robin sitting on the uh, rooftop looking out across the sky, and they see the what used to what we're familiar with seeing in regards to the the bat signal signaling that uh, that the city needed help from uh, Batman and Robin, specifically their heroes. But the signal was different this time in that it signified a signal um, asking for help for health care. And the commentary or the quote from uh, Batman and Robin was something along the lines of um, that uh, this time we needed help from the real heroes. Uh, you know, often as a police officer, it's uh, encouraging that we receive recognition or that people kind of signal uh, those folks out on the front lines when it comes to safety and security of our towns and our country from crime, that uh, people kind of sing, uh, single us out. But I've been kind of, um, oh, thought the last few days and that uh, in times like this, we need to be lifting up and recognizing our healthcare workers, our doctors, our nurses, uh, PAs, anybody in the healthcare field that is having to deal with this situation. It uh, is very trying. Uh, they are experiencing it on the front lines and then they have to go home and, and deal with their families as well. So Please continue to pray for them, continue to pray for our country during this time. And I also mentioned that we need to continue to pray for our uh, pastor and our staff at the church as they continue to work through the challenges that we're facing um, at this time. It's um, something that none of us have ever experienced. It's just very trying. So we're going to take a few moments and kind of and try to spend some time and focus on God's Word this morning. It's always uh, encouraging to kind of open up God's Word and kind of spend some time in Bible study. Yes, we're not able to um, spend it face-to-face, -face, and as we'll talk about as the lesson go on, i got to tell you, I'm missing that. Um, it uh, That uh, regular contact with other believers is something that, that uh, is definitely something that's probably the most trying thing right time. But uh, let's have a word of prayer 
and then we're going to open up our lesson this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you again this morning, we're going to take some time. We're going to open up your word. We're going to study what you have for us. Um, there's never a time that when your word is opened or your word is taught or preached that there isn't something that can specifically speak to each one of us. Even during this time as we're apart, we're forced to kind of spend some time apart as our country goes through this very trying time. I wonder how you intend to use it so as to grow us, to bring us closer to you. There's no doubt in my mind that you do intend to use it for some purpose. may not be clear right now to us, but I ask that uh, you keep our minds and our hearts and our ears open, that even as we open your word this morning, that you would be present, that you would be present with each one of the people that are listening to this, that are taking the time to um, spend 45 minutes or an hour listening to this study, that you would uh, bless them, that you would bless those that are continuing in your word, even during these times. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you wrap your arms of protection around our healthcare workers, those at hospitals, doctors' offices, clinics and hospitals being built in parks across this country to treat those that have come down with this illness. It's a scary time, but yet as, as we know and as we understand that you're in control of it, it provides us a peace. And we just ask for you to protect them. You would lift them up, that you would bless them and give them an extra blessing as they work for others, not themselves, Lord, but as they work to help others. Again, dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you be with the lesson this morning and that as we take time this morning, even after when uh, that you would uh, be with the preaching this morning as we take time to hear preaching from God's word as we listen to worship services later. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're continuing our lesson through John this morning. Specifically, we're looking at John uh, verses 22 and 29, but I want to take the time here to read going back to verse 1. Uh, we're going to read several verses, but as we build on this context, I think it's important for us to keep the context of it. Because these verses we're going to talk about this morning actually, again, build on uh, this account that John's been uh, recalling to us. So let's start reading John chapter 6, verse 1. The Bible says, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. In the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were down, that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which, deemed, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracles that Jesus did, said, This is of truth that prophet that should come into the world. 
And Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force. To make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even was come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. The following day, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one where two his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there come other boats from Tiberias, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, and for that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. When they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So we see this continued narrative from the time that Jesus came across the sea with, the, with his disciples and that they sat on the mountain and that he did preach and he did teach and the multitudes followed him and and then we have this account of them getting hungry and him, him miraculously feeding this, this large group of people. The Bible says 5,000. Again, we talked about that, that that was the men that were present, including the women and the children. You're anywhere from ten to 15,000. And he fed them with the barley loaves and the fish, and he multiplied it. He multiplied it. He met their needs. He met their physical needs. They were hungry and he fed them. Then we see that as he sensed their heart after doing so, he sensed that they wanted to rise up and force him to become their king. They wanted him to be the king not because he met their spiritual needs. They were thinking materialistically, remember. And this bothered him. They wanted to make him king for the wrong reasons. So he left and he went away, leaving his disciples there. The disciples arose the next, uh, later that day, they kind of waited around for Jesus. He, he never showed up. He was away. So they entered into the boat and began crossing the sea again. This time the, there arose a great wind, as the Bible says. The storm came upon them as they went out to sea. And they fought that storm. They fought it on their own will. They fought it themselves. They fought it for hours. And then they looked across the sea and they see Jesus walking on the water. And again, like we talked about last week, this scared them. It scared them because they, they had been fighting. They were tired. It was in the middle of the night. It was dark and they're fighting this storm. And they look across and they see Jesus walking on the water and this scared them. But then they called him into the boat. And as soon as Jesus entered the boat, the sea calmed and they were on the other side of the lake. They got through the storm by accepting Jesus and accepting him into their lives, into that boat. 
So now we see in our account today, uh, beginning in verse 22, we see the people who had been uh, at this mountain, who had heard the preaching, who had been fed. This is the people that had experienced the miracle that Jesus had performed. Bible says the following day when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there. They woke up and they saw that this, this, this boat that they had seen the disciples and Jesus show up in wasn't there. Where'd the boat go? But the thing is, is they had, they had seen the disciples leaving the boat, but they didn't see Jesus leaving this boat. So where was Jesus? So Bible continues. Say uh, the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save the one wherein his disciples were entered. They saw the one that the disciples entered and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Verse 23, you see kind of some some fill in here or some, some gives us some background into their thinking. The Bible says, how be it there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. They looked around. They remembered the disciples leaving in the boat, but they didn't see Jesus in the boat. They saw there was other boats that had come across the shore, possibly during the storm, they sought shelter. Possibly these boats were to ferry some of the people back to where they had come. But they knew that, again, they saw boats coming, but no none going, and Jesus wasn't present. So where did Jesus go? The first answer, when we look at uh, our verses today, is we're going to talk about this hungering that we have for God, right? These people, they had witnessed this miracle. They had experienced this miracle. They wanted more of what Christ had to offer. Well, we'll look at their motives. Motives is important. It's very important. But they wanted more. Man in general has a gnawing hunger for both the physical, obviously, but even more so the spiritual. Verse 22 through 25 shows us that as these people woke up, they sought out Jesus. They wanted this hunger that they had to be recognized. They wanted more from him. And where did he go? They expected, and it was common belief, that the Messiah would give manna from heaven, even as Moses had done back with the children of Israel. In fact, it was thought in uh, biblical that the Messiah would give more than Moses had during those times. And the people acknowledged their need for the Messiah. Again, motives is important. Their beliefs was a little off in regards to they wanted physically fed, but they did acknowledge their need for the Messiah. They had needs and they knew it. They knew when he wasn't there, they needed to find him. And they noted his absence. They immediately knew Jesus is not with us anymore. And we need him. The people knowing their need wanted this need met. And they sought him out. They sought him out. They looked all over for him. They didn't find him. They assumed, well, if the disciples left, he went back with them. So we're going to go find him. Jesus had proclaimed that he could meet their need, but he was gone, not to be found. Therefore, their need was going to go unmet unless they would go find him. We all have a great need for the physical, but even more importantly, the spiritual, don't we? And we must acknowledge that need. We must observe to see if Christ is present in our lives. And if Christ is absent, then that need goes unmet. Even right now, uh, you can't help but tie some of this again back to the times that we're living in currently. How we're all kind of uh, in this period of isolation in our lives. What is it that you're finding 
unmet in your life. I got to tell you right now, we've been able to pretty much uh, continue uh, life relatively normal in regards to our physical needs. House hasn't changed at all. Air conditioner and heating is running as it always does. Grocery shopping, while it has become um, a little more challenging, we're able to eat just as we've ever ate. But I got to tell you, when it comes to our spiritual needs, it's a challenge and it's not a challenge. It's not a challenge in that we still possess God's word and we're in it daily. We still can pray daily, talk to God, tell God what our concerns are, speak to God and get um, uh, affirmed as, as to uh, his will. But when it comes to the spiritual need of meeting together as a body of believers, that is the spirit, the, uh, the need that's being unmet right now. And I got to tell you, as the days go on, that need that's being unmet is becoming greater. We get it. We have to do this during this time. We need to do it for protection of each other. But let's not ignore the fact that it's an unmet need. We kind of took it for granted, maybe, prior to this pandemic. We shouldn't have, and God help us for that. But when we are able to get back together, oh, how glorious that will be, right? That need will then be met. So let us not forget and take for granted in the future those times that we are able to get together. In our account, the people that they saw out Jesus, they believed that Jesus was the answer to their need. And they did not want to go without him. And they did what they should have done. They sought him out. If you're noticing your life isn't being filled spiritually, are you taking steps to fill it? Or are you waiting around for something? No, you have to be progressively looking for that need to be met. You have to seek out Christ. They sought him out just as we should. I have this note. Man should search diligently to find Christ. He should seek and seek until the Lord is found. If you're noticing that need being, met, being unmet, I'm sorry, you should seek and seek until the Lord is found. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10 says this, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Again, let me say that thought that I said just before. Man should search diligently to find Christ. He should seek and seek until the Lord is found. Interestingly enough, if you seek and seek him, he will answer. He will answer. Isaiah 55.6 says this, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. The people questioned Jesus's absence. They could not understand why Jesus would leave them, especially if he were the true Messiah. He, if he's the true Messiah, he wants our needs to be met. Why would he leave us? Do not get into a position where you start questioning God into why he may not seem present with you during a particular time. Your role is just to seek him. He will answer if you do so. Verses 26 and 27 of our account says this. Jesus answered them. So at this point, the people get in the boat. They're seeking for Jesus. 
Verse 25, and when they had found him, they sought him and they had found him, but they found him on the other side of the sea. They said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus' answer to them is this in verse 26. Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath the God of Father, the God the Father sealed. Another answer to the hunger that man has for God is for man to acknowledge the, their motives are often corrupt. Our motives are often corrupt when it comes to seeking out God. Man seeks a Messiah, a Savior, but not to be worshipped and serve Him. Oftentimes, man seeks out a Messiah for what he can get out of him. Man is interested in himself, not in acknowledging and honoring Jesus to be Lord and not in serving him, but making him known to, or making him known to a lost world. We want what we can from him. We're not interested in worshiping him. We're not interested in serving him. And we're not interested in making him known to a lost world. We're selfishly looking for what we can get out of him. This is common with man. We look at this account in the uh, account in John and we, we go, wait a second. They witnessed this multitude being filled. They saw this five barley loaves and they saw these couple fishes and they saw them multiplied. How could they have missed the truth? How could these people still have the wrong motive and not recognize the truth that was right in front of them? Well, now, wait a second. We often do the same things, don't we? We miss the truth. They saw this miracle. We're witness to miracles even today. Even today. There's people healed from sicknesses. There's answers to prayers that... that uh, that all of us could share testimony to. But yet man still, while witnessing those opportunities or those blessings, still looks to God just to answer uh, needs. And their motives aren't in finding him, seeking him out, and having a personal relationship, in loving him, in worshiping him. No, they want to just... They want another need met. They get one need met. Now I know it. Now I want another need met. They look and man's motives are often uh, knowing that uh, Christ could provide all things for them and deliver them from their physical enslavement and enemies. Every need could be fulfilled and satisfied. And that's what they're looking for out of Christ. They just want their needs satisfied. Man thoughts. Man's thoughts at that time and even now are on material things and personal possessions. The flesh and its satisfaction. The human and the carnal only. And what should man be interested in though? We should be interested in the Messiah for who he is. Not for what we can get out of him. He's provided us the one thing that we couldn't do for ourselves. And that is sacrifice for the sins that we've done. And that one thing is all we needed from him. We didn't even deserve that. But he gave us to it and gave that to us anyway. The Lord wants to be sought and loved for who he is and not for what he can do for an individual person. But the Lord is not a tool to be used. He's a person to be sought and loved. The people that witnessed these miracles, they should have humbled themselves. They were in the presence of the true Messiah. They were in the presence of God himself. They should have humbled themselves in front of him. 
and so should we. We should humble ourselves in his presence. To see that he was not the one who should be given to them, but that they were the ones who should be giving to him. He was the one who should be receiving, not them. They looked to him to meet their materialistic needs. When it was the other way around, they should be given to him. They should be giving their lives to him. Everything that they have, first off, belongs to him. And then they should have humbled themselves and worshipped him for who he is. Again, make the correlation with us today. Same thing. So many of our needs are met. Like I said earlier, our physical needs, especially being blessed living in this country, we do even during this incredibly difficult time. Our physical needs, for the most part, are being met. There may be some social needs right now that are that may be difficult. But let's think of it this way. Aren't we blessed to live in this country at this time when even though our, we're not able to get together face to face, we have the technology to be able to speak to one another through the, the video uh, teachings and the video uh, signs that we've been able to hear preaching from pastor on. Aren't we blessed to live in a time to where we have this technology and can communicate with each other in this way? It wasn't that long ago where this type of technology wouldn't have been present. And the, if we've gone through the type of struggle that we're going through now, it would have been even more of a challenge for us, would it not? So we should be thankful of God just for having this opportunity. Man seeks often food that perishes. We center our focus day to day on our thoughts, energies, and efforts upon the moment. That is upon these years on earth we're so focused on today that we lose focus on the eternity. Man seeks to feed his soul on feelings and pleasures, comfort, recognition and honor, position and power, fame and self. How can we be lifted up amongst our fellow man and we lose focus on the eternity? Oftentimes we... We spend so much time, and those of us that um, we spend so much time on our careers, on college, on, on schooling, that the years end up just going by. And then we, you end up in a point in life where you look back on those times and you go, where'd they go? What were the things that were missed? And we miss the truth that we should have been focusing on. We must realize two eternal truths that we missed. First off is the things of the earth, these pleasures, these feelings, they do not satisfy. They do not satisfy. We shouldn't be focusing on all these things that provide us these comfort and feelings. We shouldn't be focused on, you know, I need to get back to school necessarily. And I need to, to always be climbing that next ladder in the corporate world. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But when that is your sole focus, and when that focus comes at the expense of your spiritual walk with God, then it's wrong. Those things don't satisfy in the end. Isaiah 55.2 says this, Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delighteth itself in fatness. 
Focus on God and not the things of this world. Focus on God and not the approval of people in this world. These things leave a man empty, incomplete, unfulfilled, hungry, dissatisfied, always seeking more and more. I wrote that down and then I was thinking about that, that phrase, always seeking more and more. When you're not satisfied, you're always seeking more and more. So many analogies could, could, do, could uh, go into that. I think of the person, the addiction person who is an alcoholic or a drug addiction. I've often heard and spoken to people in those uh, situations and they, they call it kind of chasing the dragon. Once you get a taste, that, that, that empty satisfaction, you're always looking for the next, for the next, for the greater high or for the greater thing. Those that have uh, gambling issues, once you get that taste, you're always looking for the next and then the next. You're always, you were never fulfilled by those things of this world. You're always looking for the next. Another spiritual truth we should remember is the earth and its things with their pleasures and feelings, those pass away. None of us are here forever. We all have a time to when we're going to uh, pass we're either going to go to heaven and spend that time with God or those that aren't saved are going to go to hell. And during that time, none of the pleasures or feelings of this world are going to be even a thought. They're missed opportunities. Whether you're in heaven and you're saved, but maybe you've missed out on opportunities to serve Christ fully in your life. Or you end up in hell because you never even recognized Christ as your Savior and you sought the things of this world above him. How sad either one of those options would be. Romans chapter 8 verses 5 and 6 say, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So we looked at a couple of answers in regards to men's hunger from our verses. The third thought when it comes to man's hunger is to labor for food that endures, that gives or lasts unto eternal life. We've talked about the things that we often go after. But what are the things we should go after? We should go after those foods that give us eternal life. Verse 27, the Lord answering um, this multitude said, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. The basic hunger within a man for an abundant life, a life that is complete and fulfilled, full of love, joy, peace, and all the good things of life. Those are the basic needs of every man. There's a basic hunger also from a man for an eternal life, a life that survives, that is not snatched away, but goes on forever and ever. I've uh, used the illustration before that we like to think of this life and we often put so much weight into this life and the possessions of this life. I've read accounts of people who have died and actually been buried in their casket with their cell phones. We have this feeling that if we take this with us, maybe possibly we can still be communicating with the people of, of this world. Well, that's just foolish. That's just foolishness. Those things pass away. Those things aren't eternal. You have to look to be fed by the things that will, will be eternal. And the Bible tells us those things. God tells us those things that are eternal. Jesus said the Son of Man is the one who can give us this food. 
and he can give us this food, this, this, he can satisfy this hunger. And then once he satisfies that hunger and the only way that he can, well, that lasts forever. That's eternal. Why is it eternal? Jesus tells us in the uh, last half of this verse, which the son of man shall give unto you for him hath God, the father sealed, which is the fourth answer to meeting all that hunger. We should seek after the hunger which God provides. Why? Because it is man's hunger to do the work of God. To do the work of God and all that is, is to believe. So let's look in, at that point though. The people during this time, when they heard this, they thought of in the terms of, they heard Jesus say, um, Verse 28, they said unto him after he said that, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? They heard him say that and they thought, okay, we will do the works of God. So what is it? What specifically do we need to do? Remember during this time, they, the Pharisees were very legalistic. They were looking at, at all these legalistic instructions that if you do this and this and this and you don't do this and this and this then you will seek the pleasure of god so when they heard him say you can uh, you can seek the meat which endureth unto everlasting life which the son of man shall give unto you they said okay what shall we do what might work the works of god jesus answered and said unto them this is the work of god He's going to answer them directly that ye believe on him whom he has sent. All he said to them is that ye believe on him. The people were thinking in terms of works. They were thinking in, in terms of what they could do. Actions. They thought that they were, by doing good works, they could win the approval and acceptance of God. If they did enough good and lived a life that is moral and just, God would save them and give them food. This is how they were thinking during that. The food and life that was both abundant and eternal. They thought if, if I can do this, this, and this, he'll provide for me food that will satisfy my physical needs, and I can be satisfied eternally because I can seek favor of God through doing those things. And again, before we look at these people and, and, and say to ourselves, they missed the point. There's a lot of people that still believe this today and are missing the point. There are those who see people often in three categories. First off, they see the people as good people. These are the people who do plenty of good works. They're doing good works. And people see these people as going to heaven. There are those that see people as bad people. And these are people who do mostly bad works. And they see these people as going to hell. And thirdly, they see the uncompromising person. This is a person who does both good and bad. And in the end, they think these works are going to be weighed. And if you do just a little more good, then you'll go to heaven. If you do just a little more bad, then you could go to hell. But Jesus corrected their thoughts in verse 29. He corrected their whole concept of salvation and works. He says, again, you're missing the point. You do not secure the favor of God by doing anything other than one work. Just believe. All you have to do is believe. They received God's favor and acceptance because of a work. Yes. And as I mentioned, one work. The work of God is only one, to believe. Believe on him whom God hath sent. And we've talked in previous lessons that this word believe is not just a mental action. 
No, this is actually a word that, that tells us we're to believe and then follow. There's action to this word. We hear the word believe and we think, okay, I'll, I believe. Well, the devil believes in God. You can believe in God and go to hell. But did you accept Christ into your life? Did you accept what he's done for you that you could never do for yourself? And then do you believe to the point that you changed, that you've repented, that you've turned the direction and went a different way in your life? Do you believe to the point that you find yourself craving spiritual things? Do you believe to the point that you want to do good? Not that you want to do good in an effort to gain favor from him. No, you want to do good just to honor him. Is that the belief you have? If that's the belief you have, then you'll spend eternal life with him in heaven. If your belief is anything short of that, and your belief is that I need to continue doing good to seek favor, and if I do bad, then I've fallen out of favor, then I'm going to lose my salvation, then you're missing the point. John chapter 2 verse 23 says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. They believed on him because they saw that he was God. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even when he have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Very clearly put there in Galatians. You're not justified by your works. The Bible says, if we were, that would give each person kind of the, the opportunity to say, look at me, look what I've done. It's not about what we've done. It's about what he's done. And if we've accepted that and we believe on him and we worship him, then we get that eternal hunger satisfied. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I guess the question I have for you this morning is as we're spending this time in this quarantine period, do you find yourself hungering for anything right now? You find yourself kind of missing out on anything. I find my myself missing out on hearing Brother Jose and, and uh, our congregation sing hymns. I find myself missing out on the corporate experience of worship. I find myself missing out on being able to go up and put my arm around maybe somebody at church that has a need. I find myself missing out on corporately praying with other believers. I find myself missing out on just being able to be present to be lifted up or to have an opportunity to lift up somebody else. I find myself missing out on those things. The other side of it, do you find yourself missing out on the worldly things of life? Do you find yourself missing out on being able to maybe go out and eat more often? You find yourself missing out on be able, being able to go to a, a movie or being able to go to the grocery store and just spend your time shopping from store to store. If you find yourself missing out on the worldly things that you may not have an opportunity to experience right now, question where you're at. If you find yourself missing out on the things of God, then just pray. Pray that we will soon be able to get together and meet those needs again. 
and we will. We will. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we will. We'll have that opportunity again. But pray and be thankful that we have an opportunity to meet through these videos and we get to see um, and read the devotions that the men of our church are putting out. We get to see daily different uh, Bible study videos that Brother Tim and others have put out. And thank God for just those opportunities. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this lesson, this reminder that we need to hunger for the things of, of you. We need to hunger for those things that provide eternal satisfaction. And it's a great reminder during this time, I believe, that as we have kind of, so to speak, shrunken down those influences that we do experience, that we're able to concentrate on those influences, whether it's family, close friends, and then you. You should be our focus during this time. And I pray that you continue to be our focus. There will come an end, Lord, to this pandemic, and we will go back to life as normal. But I pray that the impact made on us during this time spiritually lasts beyond that. That we come to focus on you as the priority, and that after this time, we continue to focus on you as the priority. Dear Heavenly Father, we again pray for your protection for our church family during this time. We pray for those that are sick or have lost loved ones during this time, that you would just wrap your arms around them, provide them comfort, show them our love through you, and we look forward to being able to come together in the future. We say this and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That'll be the conclusion of our lesson this morning. We'll see you all next week. Have a blessed week.